Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. What great worship. Do you sense his presence in this place? Do you really? He is here. Amen. Last week, powerful service, but more importantly, powerful move of God. Um, we ask you to write on some cards what, what God was dealing with you about. And 75 cards were handed in, and we had a powerful time of, of prayer last Sunday night, because we really did. We prayed for each need. But what I discovered about those needs, and this has been heavy on my heart all week, quite honestly, is that every person was trying to not just overcome something, not just move to a new level, but really deal with issues and some very uh, heartfelt needs were written on those cards. Um, and so the Lord just has been speaking to me this week, and we're staying in this series, Write This Down. But I want to talk about get to the root this morning. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? I'm going to read out of Jeremiah in just a moment, but I just want to set this up. We know the last several weeks we've been talking about the fact that we can trust him. Revelations 21, 5. I will make all things new, God says. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. I'll make all things new. Then he looks to John and he says, write this down. Because my word is trustworthy and true. In other words, everything God has said, we can trust it. Now, I've just got to be brutally honest with you. If you don't really believe that God's word is God's word, nothing else you believe matters anyway. But, but when we understand that we can trust him from the get-go, and then the second week we talked about the fact that there is a way, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. Last week we talked about obedience and radical obedience. Not based on the fact that I'm saved because I'm obedient. I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Not of works, or I would boast about it, but because of Jesus Christ. But because he saves me, I am obedient to him. He is my Lord and Master. So what does that mean for us today? What does it mean to get to the root? What God showed me this week, especially uh, with some of the needs that were handed in. People, we're all on a journey. Now, some don't like that. Sometimes... I talk to other brothers and sisters in the Lord, and they don't like using the word journey because they they realize that Christ's work is finished. It's done. There's nothing more to do. I I believe that what Jesus Christ has done is done, but I believe he's still working on me, and I know some of you. I know he's still working on some of you, right? He's still working on all of us. So we're on this journey, if you will, and on this journey, uh, there's, there's going to be challenges, guys. And in just a few weeks, as we enter into September, we're going to call that the fall. I don't, think it's, uh, uh, I don't think it's coincidence that we're entering into a new season that God has got us at this crossroads. God has got us at this Y in the road, if you will, because depending on our decision takes you into your new season a very different way. Now, you can go into your season the same old way, but if you go into anything, you've heard this before, if you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result, what does that lead to? Nothing. Insanity. Okay? Therapy. Amen? Several years ago, Diane and I uh, with the incredible green thumb that I have. We're doing some yard work, and we decided that there was this empty place in the flower bed, and Diane said, you know, you know that Japanese maple tree that is like a bush, and it weeps down? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's get one. I said, let's go. So we went to the nursery. We, weren't, we didn't go to Lowe's. We went to a nursery. And I'm walking around looking at these beautiful plants, and on the package, it showed the picture of the bush that weeped down. We, it, it's exactly what we wanted. 
I asked the person who was running the place. They happened to be very young, but they seemed to know what they were talking about. This is what we're wanting. Is this the one we want? Oh, yeah. I went home, and I planted that beautiful bush. In about a year and a half, it was the tallest bush I've ever seen in my life. Because it now was past my gutters. And it had branches. And so I thought, well, I can't have that. I can't have a tree that close to my house. I've got to make this a bush. So I, I cut back the branches, and they kept growing. So I, I literally cut it down. And waiting just to pull the stump out of the ground, I noticed some saplings over the next several months started to come out. I said, I, that's what I'll do. I'll just keep all those saplings trimmed, and it'll make a nice bush. I've got the ugliest tree that looks like a bush in my neighborhood. Now, here's why that's funny. We do the same thing. We, we trim branches rather than pulling things up. We trim branches hoping that we'll be a nice bush rather than uprooting everything we need to. Now listen, here's, here's, what, here's what Jeremiah, and, and listen, Jeremiah's a powerful, powerful book. I, I can't even begin to touch it. But the familiar passages out of Jeremiah that jump out to us already before we read, um, call unto me and I will answer you. Call and I will answer. He, he also tells the children of Israel, he's a messenger to the children of Israel of hope. Listen, I know the plans I have for you. The plans for you to prosper. I've got good plans for you, but call unto me. Walk with me. When you reach out, I'll be there. But you've got to be willing to get there. Well, we still couldn't make it, so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with the Father. But I want us to touch on this this morning, because when, when the Lord first came to Jeremiah as a very young child in, in chapter 1, he first calls him and like all of us, when God calls us to something, we, we, we back off. We're not good enough. We don't feel prepared enough, and we understand that. Most of us in this room, what God has called you to, you're still pushing away from. Because, listen, God never calls you to something you could do on your own. Anything God calls you to, it will be something greater than yourself. Anything God calls you or challenges you to, it's going to be something that you're uncomfortable with. Well, doesn't God love us enough to... No, he loves you enough to make sure you're growing. That's why when God lays something on your heart, it's not walk across the street. It's reach across the world. Because you know you can't do it without him. And so God calls Jeremiah to this powerful task. And let's read that verse, starting at verse uh, 10. He says, See, <clears throat> I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms. Now, if you read the first line, I don't have it on the PowerPoint, but God told Jeremiah, it's my word in your mouth. My word is in your mouth. Can I tell you something? I um, had a powerful meeting this last week with a ministry called Serve. Carla, a powerful writer, and her wonderful husband, Joseph, have started this incredible ministry called Serve. And I was just sitting there just watching the, the Lord work in this room as he was speaking through people. And the first thing that hit me was, wow, when God puts a word in someone's mouth, it's going to change a life. See, somehow we've got past our thinking, and, and we've got to get past our thinking that whatever God is calling us to, that, wow, I, I'm going to go get an education. Get educated. Please, please. Don't let that be the miracle that God has to do. You prepare yourself. Get educated. Prepare yourself. Train. Don't do like I did when my son and I decided to do the, the 5K, the 8K, whatever it was. Because, see, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, I can do this. And I was right. I could. <laughs> As I walked uh, just about the whole time. You know, that nobody said you couldn't walk. Somebody give me an amen. I just didn't know my son would be so upset having to wait hours on his dad to run that 8K. 
Now, here, here's my point. If you're going to do something like that, you have to prepare. But it's amazing how when God gifts you or God says, I'm with you, or puts a word in your mouth, you don't have to be the best and the brightest. You just have to be willing. That's why when he says, I'm putting you over nations and kingdoms, he's, he's not saying you're going to be a king and you're going to be over nations. He's going to say you're walking in the kind of authority that my word in your mouth, one word, will change a nation. Now, I'm not trying to get weird, but some of you need to really grasp what God is calling you to. Because in some of you this morning, one word can change a family. One word can change the destiny of a child. One word can change the destiny of a business. One word can change the destiny of a neighborhood. One word can change the destiny of people's lives. And I don't mean just for the next few months or years so they can get a better job. I mean eternity. So, so he says, I'm putting my word in your mouth, and I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms, listen, to pluck up or to root up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Pluck up, root up. Stuff that doesn't belong there. You want a bush? Plant a bush. Get the, get the tree, get the, get the stump out of the ground. You know. Now this isn't to say that we have to do it. it we have to be aware of it. Let me, just, let me just get through this real quick this morning. You see, he says, I have set before you this work in your life but can I tell you that before we start jumping out and taking on kingdoms and nations I really believe we need to apply this to ourselves see I believe the crossroads that some of us are at this morning you don't have to raise your hands this morning <clears throat> but most of us in this room especially if you fill out a card most of us are at a place where we know decisions for the future are going to have to be made what life is going to look like a few months from now or a few weeks from now, a few years from now are going to have to be made. And you're at a place where you've made those kind of decisions before, but, but you keep ending up back in the same place, hoping for another opportunity for that decision. But you're at a crossroads, entering into a new season. And the, the Lord sort of got your attention, but I think before we keep moving on, making more decisions, am I making sense? It's important to say, am I willing to hear the voice of God this morning? What is he saying? Well, first of all, we have to uproot and tear down. Uproot some things and tear down. What does that mean? Well, what's holding you back? <clears throat> what are those things that are holding you back? What are those things that, that every time you try to move forward, there's something that's stopping you from moving forward? What is it? What is that thing that we struggle with? And we can only just, we just keep trimming branches like that's going to make a difference. We struggle and we make a few adjustments and we still realize nothing's really changed. I look different for a season, but, but the branches just grow right back. Am I making sense? A new season means that the Holy Spirit needs to root some things out. Now that's the secret, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct. There's something called unconscious motivators of behavior. Some of you are going to love this. <clears throat> because if you've ever done something and thought, why did I do that? That's, that's not me. That's not like me. I can't even believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. Anybody? And the rest of you are like, I'm raising my hand. Because every one of us have done it, right? Unconscious behavior, unconscious motivators. Now, how do those start? It really does. It's something in our past, how we were raised, something that's happened to us that causes us to be defensive or causes us to have attitudes or, or certain beliefs about something or someone. And if we see a person, automatically those, everything arises. If we think about a circumstance, if we think about an issue, we don't even have to go back, well, 25 years ago when this happened, that's why. We don't even think about that anymore. There's just a natural response. Natural. In the way we communicate, in the way we behave toward each other, in, in the way we act out things. And sometimes we just feel out of control. Paul felt like this. Romans chapter 7. 
He says, this new life I live in Christ. It's powerful. The old man is dead, but i got to be honest with you. There's still some stuff that I can't believe I just did that. I can't even believe I just thought that. I can't, I can't believe I just experienced that. Now, we're, we're saved, but that old nature has a way of sneaking back up, and we're not living in sin, but the effects of that sin are still pounding on us all the time. Now, now what does this mean for us? It, it just simply means that we've got to understand that everything in our life that's happened to us, it's real. It really has happened to you. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not held to it. You can be delivered. You can be set free. And see, even that word deliverance for us upsets us. It scares us. We think there's got to be some some screaming going on. Um, Listen, that's usually what we need to be delivered from. Thinking that it can only happen a certain way. I'm telling you while you're sitting right here this morning, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will just set your minds free from your past. The bitterness, the hate, the anger. You see, because there's a lot of different ways those things show up in our life. The things that get rooted there, the things that get in our life, however they start to grow. It, it might be because of sin, but even when we're saved, again, that, that those effects of sin, it causes us to walk in guilt, to walk in shame. There's no confidence. We're not confident about who we are in Christ Jesus. We don't, we don't really understand, so we're not really walking it out. And we're certainly afraid to tell anybody about what Jesus has done because we're not even sure what Jesus has done. We're, we're just sort of afraid. It's, it's just something that we sort of shy away from. And it causes us to walk in fear. And sometimes anger shows up. I'm making sense. Anger might show up. It's it's a multitude of issues, but let me just touch on this for a few minutes, can I? This is what John the Baptist said in Matthew. Now, John the Baptist comes, and he's preaching repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But he says in Matthew chapter 3, even now the axe is laid to the root of every tree. Now, he's talking about having to live a life of repentance, having fruit of repentance that is obvious in our life. He said, but, but those that don't listen, there's an axe that's coming to lay to the root of every tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water into repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. His sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, now here's what John is saying. Listen, I'm coming here and I'm preaching repentance. That's getting you thinking, but there's one coming after me. See, through Jesus Christ, who was the Word in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. That same Word speaks today. And see, when the Word speaks to us, and the Holy Spirit shines His light on us, there's, there's something that happens. We become aware of that stuff in our life. We become aware of it. And when you become aware of it, you need to understand, it's the Word that's allowing you to become aware of it, But you don't have to say, well, how can I fix that? I've been working on that all my life. Let the Holy Spirit. Because when he baptizes you with fire, that fire can burn it away. See, there's just got to be the kind of faith that says, God, you know, nobody else may know the stuff that you're dealing with. No one else. But see, if it's down in here, you're not going to bear fruit, but you really could. You're, you're going to try to be a bush for Jesus and look like a bad tree that bears no fruit. So he says the axe is laid to the tree and it's the word of God and the Holy Spirit is the fire. And we deal with this because we, we deal with guilt, anxiety, frustrations. First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And see that when he's talking about cleansing us from sin there, he's not just talking about your acts of sin. It's it's everything that you're reminded of. Because, see, Satan could care less if you ever do that act again. He's just trying to get you to feel bad about yourself the rest of your life because it'll stop you from following Jesus. I'm not really saved. How could God love me? I'm a loser. 
See, we, we, we easily start looking at our lives in that perspective, and that is a lie from Satan. He says you have to have your uh, uh, light, the light shine on you because light reveals things. When God shines his light on my life, believe me. Can I just make all of you comfortable for a second? God still shines his light on me on a regular basis. Um, and, and I'm like, wow. God, please. Keep working. Please. Holy Spirit. Because I promise you, when you ask him, he'll speak to you. When you call, he will answer. When you start saying, God, what are those areas in my life that need to change? He'll start nudging you. Every once in a while, my, life, my wife will even bring a flashlight. And said, here, pray with this. <laughs> I want to help you, sweetheart. Um, why? Because he will. The Holy Spirit, he illuminates. But here, here's the challenge. When I see something, am I willing to let him deal with it? Because I'm also good at, I got that. I'm good. Uh, I, that's okay. Lord, I'll keep that compartmentalized. Nobody will ever see it. And he's like, John, you just trimmed another branch and you think you're okay. You just, you even cut the tree down to a nub and you think that's okay. Because you don't think I see the root. I see the root. You think nobody else sees the root. But see, there's something happens that if you're not careful, a, a root of bitterness will start to and the word tells us that when that bitterness takes root and it begins to develop, it's not that you're just having a bad day. You defile everyone around you. It, it becomes something that it, that's, that is the fruit that you bear. So what, what is it to be bitter? What is it to be angry? It says something's just not dealt with in your life. And now listen, there's, this isn't about condemnation because there's an answer. His name is Jesus. This isn't about well, I'm just supposed to be bitter, I guess. No, that's just it. You don't have to be bitter. You don't have to live like that. And it doesn't matter what's happened to us. And listen, everybody in this room has a story. And it's not about who's got the best story. It's, it's knowing his story. See, some of our stories may not be that big of a deal to others. That's why when I was growing up, I just thought that the only way I could have a good testimony was somehow if I did like 20 years and joined the motorcycle gang, and unfortunately maybe hurt somebody and then got saved, I would have a really good testimony. I felt like I had the most boring, John, what's your testimony? I was raised in a pastor's home. You know, and, and they were like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. It's almost like there was a, a, a streak in me in my teenage years that I had to do, I had to do something bad. So I would just start breaking things and get in trouble and, and you know, John, what are you doing with your life? I'm trying to build a testimony. Leave me alone. <laughs> but see, um, here's what happens. If you never break a window, if you never break a rule, God doesn't care about the way we look. It's your heart. So you, you may never be in a motorcycle gang. Not that being in a motorcycle gang is bad. You may never be, you, you may never be the world's most wanted criminal. But but there's still a God who is saying, you'll never imagine, you cannot imagine what I want to do with you. We just got to get some stuff taken care of. We got to keep the root out. You got to allow me to deal with some issues that you might not even know are there until you start to say, God, what is it? Lord, what is that stuff that I keep holding on to? What is that stuff that I keep giving away to? What are those issues that I, I find myself continuing to go to, trimming the branches, but not dealing with the root? Again, Hebrew says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up. <clears throat> anger and fear are huge, right? And we learn to mask those. How do we mask anger and fear? We learn to cuss differently. Right? 
And what does that mean? Well, we don't say the real bad cuss words. We just make up new ones. You know, like foot. My foot, you will. You know. And if, if anybody knows your past, they're like, whoa, he's getting them now. <laughs> so, and we all do it. We have, we have the good cuss words, don't we? So here's what we're doing. We're just cussing a better way but not dealing with the root. I'm, listen, if you're a cuss, don't, I'm not getting on you today. The Holy Spirit will. I'm pretty sure all the way home. But this isn't about cussing. It's about root issues. See, I, I, I can be thinking about my message. I can be thinking about my sermon. And I know some of you are never going to respect me after this message today. I don't know. But as soon as I get on 64, I'm having to pray about 10 minutes in because inevitably somebody's going to do something and I don't cuss but I think stuff <laughs> and, and, and I look at him and I'm like um, now, so, so what is that? For, I first make sure it's none of you guys <laughs> so what, what does that mean? that means John, you've learned behavior modification. You've learned to wave with the whole hand. Some of you will get that later. You've learned not to scream things. That you, If you do scream things, it's like, what's your problem? So you've learned to cuss better, John. You've learned to wave better. But there's, there's, there's a root, buddy. Why can't you drive to church without being willing to get to the root? Now listen, he's still working on me. And I'll say that because even in the Old Testament, there's generational roots. I want you, I want you to listen to this passage, and Josh touched powerfully on it earlier. Numbers chapter 14, we see glimpses of it in God gave Moses the commandments. He said, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgressions, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Now, very quickly, let me just clear a couple of things up about that very quickly. First of all, it does not mean you are going to be found guilty of sin because of something your grandfather did. But here's what it does mean. It doesn't even mean, let me say this, it doesn't even mean that, that you have to carry a curse because of something your forefathers did. That's, that's something, and, and please listen, some people live under that, well, the reason I am, I'm under a curse in the name of Jesus Christ. No, you're not. You're not. But here's what it does mean. It does mean that depending on how our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers lived, Things were practiced and things were believed that the children started practicing. And see, when you're taught something, when you're young, you believe it. And you start living it out and you start acting it out and you're doing things in the natural and you don't even realize you're doing it. And now generations have passed. Now, folks, you can apply that to anything. Can I apply it to a couple? Let's talk about abuse. If someone has seen their dad beat their mom they're going to think that's the natural thing to do and so that gets passed down if we're not careful if someone has seen alcoholism in the home now, now please this is I'm not I'm not beating up on anyone this morning you can be free in the name of Jesus Christ there's freedom in Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit can reveal things to you, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, there can be healing, even here this morning. This isn't about making us feel bad. It's reminding you that there is an answer. His name is Jesus. You could have been raised in, in the worst situations anybody could have ever imagined, and if we're not careful, that gets passed, and, and this generation only knows that way. And they raise those children. And, and God is saying, listen, it's not that I want to punish. It's that if, if you choose death, it gets passed on. What does that look like with racism? 
See, it's easy to get up and preach. Man, we just all should love each other. Yeah, but if you've never been taught what love is, listen, red and yellow, black or white, if you've not been taught what love is, because here's how most of us are taught if you watch CNN, Fox, Twitter, Twitter, whoever. Depending on what you get your truth from, um, we don't want to know about love. We defend ourselves. We defend our stances on how we were raised. We would defend our truth. And the whole time, and we'll even come in worship, and we'll say things like, the truth will set you free. But then we'll see somebody, and that roots kicks in. And instead of saying, God, dig it out. You just clip a few branches and hope the news doesn't affect us. Can I tell you, it's not about if, if, if anger ever comes to, to Virginia. It's that are we willing to allow God to do something in us? And listen, I'm all against, it's not about we shouldn't have laws. It, it's none of that. But you can't legislate morality. You can't legislate holiness. You can't legislate what the Holy Spirit's going to do in your life or not. It's all about you saying, God, here I am. If, if I, here's the beauty. If I was raised to believe a certain thing in the name of Jesus Christ, here I am, Lord, and you can be healed. You really can. You can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You, you can experience transformation in your life. I know I'm taking a long time on point one. But see, really, point two doesn't matter if you're not willing to do point one. So, so getting, allowing the Holy Spirit to show you some things is a powerful thing. But, but point number two, yes, uproot and tear down, but point number two simply says this, destroy and overthrow. Now again, Josh touched on it this morning. You go to Joshua. <clears throat> you know, we think of things that need to be destroyed. We need something physical that we can look at. Because as we'll see in a moment, really, we don't have physical things that need to be destroyed. We don't, we don't have the big physical things, but there's a great story in Joshua about God telling the children of Israel, I've given it to you, but it's in the way of where you're going. Now listen, God has given you your future, but there's some things in the way of where you're going. There's some things that are standing in front of your next season that if you're not willing to have uprooted and have destroyed, you're, gonna, you're not going to have the next season you want. You're going to walk into another season hoping for what God has and get the same results. I know that sounds tough, but that's like wanting to be saved without a Savior. It's like wanting to know Christ, but not Him crucified. It, it just can't happen. So, so the children of Israel knew that they had to walk around these walls to, to receive what God had promised them. And I love the fact that he told them for six days, shut your mouth. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Don't say a word. Why? Because we talk ourselves out of victory all the time. We do. Now listen, I love every one of you, but some of us are so negative. I don't know why I have to walk like this. Why didn't he just send the praise team out? He's making all of us walk around this stupid wall like it's really going to come down. Yes, I believe in healing, but, you know, that probably doesn't even work anymore. We got doctors now. We would talk ourselves out of victory every time. You know I'm right. You, you, God is telling us, God is wanting us to do something. Now, in our mind, the first thing we have to wrestle with is the fact that, well, I don't think I can do that. Because you think you're the one that's supposed to be able to do that. And see, I just want you to think about yourselves for just a moment. Think about where God already has you. Think about how God is already using you right now. Now, you may not picture it as God using you. You might be picturing as you've been praying for God to get you out of there. But listen, God's not going to get you out of there until you surrender to where you are now and allow yourself to be used there. Why, why, why would God use somebody elsewhere when they're not even surrendered where they are. And, but just think about the, the place you are now. Some of you have such influence you cannot even imagine. And if you surrender 
just a simple word of God in your mouth is going to open doors you never imagined. But are you willing to deal with the root issue? Are you willing to demolish those things? Sometimes the greatest thing we can do where we are right now, are you ready? This is deep. Is just be quiet. Stop talking. You know, sometimes the greatest way they know you don't know what you're doing is to open your mouth. Stop talking. Just stop. And just trust God. And on the seventh day, though, and here's the, here's the principle. If you do talk, make sure it's praise. If you do talk, and see, we, all, we, we always limit that to the praise. Okay, I'll praise. As soon as the music starts, I'll praise the Lord. No? How, how about just, just when you're walking out your everyday struggles? Wow, that guy just cut me off. But Lord, I just want to give you praise right now. Because we could have hit each other. And I'm going to get the church saved today. I just, now see, that may sound silly, but that's how simple it has to get for me. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to breathe. Thank you, God. Not, nothing's really gone my way, but your word never said it's going to go my way. Now, here's the point. You're, you're starting to understand that God's word has authority. And you're not just trying to exist, but you're now you're depending on God's word. Because when you start to depend on God's word, you realize that's what tears down strongholds. And when they, well, on that seventh time around when the trumpets blew, they shouted for praise. Now, I don't know your church background. If, if you're Pentecostal, that's fine. If you're charismatic, that's fine. If you're Baptist, Presbyterian, you know, we, we really do have a large segment of church backgrounds. I believe we have it here at Grace River because we just preach Jesus Christ. But here's what I've also noticed. If we were all at a football game, it wouldn't matter. Okay? Um, you know how to say, yeah. You know, you know how to say, get them. You know how to stand up and clap. That would... You see that hit? That was awesome. See, we, we, that wouldn't be silly for us. We're supposed to. All God is saying is, there's going to be times in your life when things start to come down, it's okay to shout praise the Lord. It's okay to give him glory. Now, how does this apply to our life right now? I want us to look at this very quickly. Because in <clears throat> we see this when, when the Old Testament walls of Jericho come down because... That's obviously a city that comes down, but in our life, it may not be a physical building. In our life, it may not be a physical challenge that has to be demolished. But here's what, here's what happens. For 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power. Listen, divine power, not your power divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought just say that with me take every thought captive take every thought captive what what are you thinking what are you thinking take it captive what are you thinking about take it captive What's going through your mind right now? Take it captive. How do you take it captive? You don't just say, stop thinking that. I'm not going to think that. I'm not. No, it says, and make it obedient to Christ. Now, what does that mean? Whatever the word of God says is how I'm going to think. Whatever the word of God says is exactly how I'm going to think. It, he says that I don't care if I'm uh, listening to the world around me and the world may say God doesn't heal anymore I'm going to tell myself that's not what the word of God says the word of God says that by his stripes we are healed the word of God says that we can ask and we will be delivered the word of God tells us that if I call he will answer the word of God says that when I'm discouraged he is my strength and, and we walk through these cycles of of depression and discouragement and guilt and fear when all along listen here's how simple it is 
just back up and realize that your circumstances should never, should never qualify you to back up and say, well, I guess God's not in control anymore. No, with, with a boldness, take that thought captive. Pastor, I, you don't understand. I would have to do that every day. Listen, you don't understand. I have to do that all day. Well, no, and, and, well, Pastor, you sound very weak. I am. You have no clue. That's why I need him every hour. I need him every minute. I know some of you have it all together. I need him every minute of every hour of every day. When I get up, I hear something on the news. You may not have this problem, but if I hear something on the news, I already, I'm upset. It may have happened in California, but I'm ticked off like it affected me right here. And it, has, and it might have something to do with race, or it might have something to do with this, and I'm already in my mind playing the stories of what we're going to have to deal with and the stuff we're going to have to deal with. And all along, the Lord's saying, hey, over here, over here, why are you making up stuff? I've set you free from that. Is the world still battling that? Yeah, but you need to be different than the world. You need to be able to say, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, thus saith the Lord. You need to be able to take those thoughts in the captive because at some point you're going to come in contact with people and you've got to be able to point them to the fact that Jesus is the way, not your attitude, not how you think it should be dealt with. Because if we deal with it like we think it should be dealt with, all we're going to get is what our forefathers always got. Am I making any sense? But pastor, I'm, I'm really messed up. We all are. We're sinners saved by grace. You may be an elite businessman here this morning, <clears throat> but in the quietness of the night, you know who yourself, you know yourself for who you really are. You may be a powerful leader. You may be a powerful person in your place of business. You may be your own boss. But in the stillness of the night, we're like Isaiah. Woe is me. I don't have anything, God. There's a way for the Holy Spirit just to knock on the door of your heart and remind you that really down deep inside, you're not in control. So let him get to the root. Let him get down where things can be destroyed and done with. And then lastly, very quickly, <clears throat> build and plant. See, when things get uprooted, when things get destroyed, that's when you want to start building something. And as you move into a new season, you're going to do a couple of things. You're going to build things and you're going to plant. I, I want to just challenge you on a couple of things very quickly. Build families. Build each other. I love an exercise that Joseph led us through at the serve meeting. Just certainly from the scriptures when we talk about um, that everyone should prophesy, but what he was talking about is all of us just, when you come up to someone, God, what's going on in their life? And please, do me a favor. Don't like it weird. Don't like, okay, God, I'm going to fast for three days so you'll give me a word for them. No, just here's a good way to start. You ready? Be nice. Be nice. You'll be amazed that if we just be nice to people. But then while you're attempting to be nice, it could be that God just shows you something about them that's hurting. Or, show, or God just shows you something about them. Or they say something and it just clicks inside. They're struggling with something. And you're able just to have a good conversation. Can I tell you that those are powerful ways for God to use you just in regular conversation? How do we change the world around us? How about just having conversations? How about just loving on people where they are? Not judging them. Not saying, hey, I noticed that you are a sinner. That's not a good lead for a conversation. On the other hand, <clears throat> if you know that they're hurting, just love on them. That's who Jesus hung out with. Jesus hung out with sinners. If Jesus, we hear this all the time, don't we? If Jesus was here, he is here. But if he was here physically, he probably wouldn't even be here this morning. 
be off in an alley somewhere hanging out with people. Why? Because really, in the long run, um, when people are hungry and you speak life and you speak love, you've given them eternity. So what are you going to build? What's your family going to look like? If, if things aren't rooted up and things are not destroyed, what's your family going to look like? But if things are rooted up and things destroyed, imagine what your family could look like. Imagine what your life could look like. But I, I can't imagine getting past that, Pastor. I can't imagine the, the stuff in my life, the bitterness in my life. Listen, every one of us have been hurt and, and we just get tired of dealing with the baggage. Can I get an amen? You just get to a point where you think in your mind starting over would be easier than unpacking all this better curse word. Right? And Jesus says, no, you're missing all the fun. Because I heal luggage. I heal baggage. I deliver people out of that. That becomes testimony fodder. That is great ground for incredible things to grow because now it's no longer a part of you. It's a part of your past. And I move you powerfully through it. And now you help someone else. It, it's almost like God wants to find the brokenness in us, not just to heal us so we don't have any more pain, to use it so others can be healed. But then he says to plant. Um, you know, in Galatians it says that you will reap what you sow. And that's always used in a negative connotation. Be careful, because you're going to reap what you sow. I want you to be excited, because you get to reap what you sow. You can count on it. So if I reap goodness, and if I reap love, and, and I reap just helping people and loving on people, I know what's coming back. Now, who knows people are people? right <clears throat> but I know that if I'm just faithful to him I just keep I, I'm just going to keep planting that seed will there be challenges absolutely will there be many many days where I'm saying father here I am again can you please get the de-rooter Holy Spirit but he's faithful he's faithful so where are we what needs to be rooted up What, what, needs, what needs to be destroyed in order for something to be built? What needs to be let go of? And see, this is not about, this is not about if you'll just pull yourself up. See, that's how we built our American religion. Come on, man, just man up. Stop doing that. Well, if it was that easy, we would all stop doing it. Come on, ladies. You can do it. Give it the old college try. The reality is, this flesh is stronger than we think it is. And we deceive ourselves into believing that we can handle it. But there's a God who loves us so much that his Holy Spirit is willing to come in and just shine his light on us. In those areas that we can't handle, he wants to. Let's all stand. I want us to pray. Emily, if you'll please come. I want us to pray in just a moment. As a matter of fact, if, if some of the staff and a few of our grace group leaders will please come forward. I, I just want us to open the altars here just for a moment because I want us to pray. I want us to seriously consider that God really does keep his word and that if we'll call out to him, he will answer. And then if we say, God, Please search my heart. Search my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. I wonder if we call out and say, God, cleanse me. I wonder if we call out and say, God, I don't want to be that man I used to be. Because here's my prayer that in this new season, we'll all be able to look back and say, wow. And over the last four months, over the last six months, I am not the man or I am not the woman I used to be. I see powerful things happening in my family, happening in my life. It's all because of God. I wonder what that would look like. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I, I want to pray with you right now. 
Because guys, listen, in just a few moments, we're having a baptismal service. We're going to celebrate. A lot of celebration going on today. But here's what we're not celebrating. Perfection. Because nobody getting baptized is perfect. They are sinners, saved by grace. Because what we're celebrating is the fact that their lives have been buried with Christ and risen with Him. The power of the resurrected Christ is at work today. That thing that you want to have dealt with, that, that root, that issue, whatever it may be, the power of the resurrected Christ is here and can deal with that issue. Can I pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you today, Lord, because once again we cry out that we need you. Lord, for some, it, it may be the first step in following you that they've ever taken. For many of us, Lord, it could be that your Holy Spirit is just dealing with us on some issues. Lord, last week it was issues of obedience. And Lord, it, it may be the same issues that we're dealing with, but Father, we're at a crossroads today. We really do desire to follow you. But Lord, as we follow you, there's a work in us that is happening. And you shine your light on us. And Father, I just pray that right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, whether it's that root that's got some, got some depth, God. We've tried. We just, it's easier for us to cover up sometimes. But God, get it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Dig down deep, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, it could be issues that have been passed down from generation to generation, Lord. Lord, help us to realize today we are not bound by a curse, but your word says that any man, any woman that is in Jesus Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Father, I, I come against those that have doubt and fear, discouragement. Lord, whatever those things are calling, we we say now, we base it, we take those arguments captive and we base everything and bring it to obedience to your word. We choose today to build our lives on you. To plant seed that we can expect a good harvest. To not live in fear, but to live in hope through Jesus Christ. Now we ask you these things in Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com slash connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.